This call may be recorded. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning. Yeah, you thank doing? you for that email. Doing good. That was a very encouraging email. And uh, oh, what was encouraging about it? Um, a couple of things. One is that, like, anytime you say, like, "Hey, I'm feeling this," uh, and you're able to articulate that so that we can work through stuff, that's exciting. Uh-huh. Uh, the second thing is that I think you actually uh, answered the question that I was wrestling with last time, which is that, uh, and the, the reason I went through this whole extended diatribe, uh, you know, may have been overkill, but it was useful because it was helping me at least to think through what it was that was causing me discomfort and being able to articulate that. Oh, okay. Eh. So you were, and, you were feeling discomfort last time. Right. It's like, yeah, because like, like I said, I, I feel like, you know, what you're like, you're the thing that you're so the way that you just and this is actually useful to try and be more precise. The way uh -huh. that you described what you were experiencing sounded like the same thing you were experiencing a year ago. Okay. And so that was a concern. Right. Um, and so what I got from your email, which I didn't get last week, was that uh, there is something new here, and you don't have the words to describe it. Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm stuck on. It's a concern that I'm just you know, that I might be experiencing the same thing that I was a year ago. I'm not uh, quite sure why that would be a concern. It's because I see a behavioral pattern that you have described uh, that you know have caused. Yep tensions within your family and I've experienced them as well and right. the, 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 the concern I have right doesn't uh -huh. mean it's, it's necessarily something wrong it's just a concern right, right? is right. that yeah, yeah. we are uh, uh, stuck in a loop rather than actually making forward progress okay yeah that was a concern and right. uh, that so but what I think was and so for me the useful thing about talking that through um, was to at least introduce the, the, the terminology heart versus soul. And what was exciting about your email is that, to use this terminology, is that uh -huh. before you said, well, you know, you, you, is that you were focusing on this concept of obedience, about, you know, hearing and obeying the spirit. And the language you used made me think whether that's what you intended that uh, the issue was primarily one of obedience. But what I actually got from your last email was something quite different. And then uh -huh. you said you were, that you would, you know, your wife would share something and then you would tend to, your uh, initial response was to always just try to do the thing that would make her feel better. But now uh, uh, the phrase I would use is that you're willing to dwell with the discomfort. You're learning, you're learning how to just sit there, acknowledge the feelings, process them, and then decide what is it that God wants you to do rather than just reacting to try to make people happy. Yeah, so for me, it's uh, largely a shift from focusing on Jackie and how she's feeling and, you know, all that, to focusing on the Holy Spirit and trusting that he loves me and that he leads me and that I can rest in that 
instead of feeling like I have to do something. Um, right. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, so but let me, yeah. So, so I, but I think there's something significant here, and I would like to try and tease out some language to see if I am understanding you correctly. Yeah, okay. Right? And but when you talk, the, when you talk about heart versus soul, I have to say I, I don't connect with that distinction I, or language. But yeah, I understand. So yeah, so like, so you know, we, we're still in process on this, but I think we are, I think we're making forward progress. I hope, and not just going in a loop. <laughs> Let's find yeah. out, right? So the the thing that is interesting to me about what you shared was that um, the um, and see, the way you said it this time, by the way actually it's easier for me to hear the distinction you are making which uh -huh. is that it's not that i have to do anything i just have to sort of be and sort of present it to the holy spirit or something like that yeah I or just resting in minutes. you know the original phrase quiet time came out of yeah uh, 100 years ago and i just did that i sat for 15 minutes and just gave the Holy Spirit time to show me anything he wanted to show me without right. having anything I'm studying or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that there's something significant there, which to me, it, so when you talk about sort of just being with mm -hmm. God, as yeah. opposed to doing what God tells you to do, that to me, uh, I think, is actually a significant distinction. Yeah. Right. And that the um, and that to me is where I was trying to get to with this idea of soul versus heart. If you will, because especially a lot of the movements we talk about, uh, especially those in the in the uh, the developing world or traditional cultures, there really uh -huh. is this uh, kind of hardcore focus on obedience. Yeah, well, I'm wondering if uh, I mean, there's among movement strategists, there's a lot of talk about obedience. As I spent the day with these this couple, I got a sense that at the grassroots level, it's not a focus on, I mean, I don't know, you know, we, we talk about the the uh, woman from a very low caste who has a sense to offer to pray for the high caste Brahmin neighbor, and she's healed. And the gospel, you know, spreads to inner household across lines that traditionally you can't, you know, the untouchables can't reach the Brahmins with the gospel. But uh, when you listen to the Holy Spirit and he prompts you to do something, leads you to do something, empowers you to do something, miracles happen. Am I right? Like, on a like I, I'm not, I just want to so clear, I'm not against obedience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I I think listening may be a better word, or a better yeah, emphasis. But, well, but sure, but I think there's still, um, um, um. Sorry, I, I'm not sure whether you were agreeing or disagreeing with me. Yeah. Well, um, and. <laughs> I'm not sure myself. The uh, I, I think at a at the grassroots level in movements in the third world, 
they don't think of it as obedience the way we talk about it as Westerners. Um, they're listening and following and uh, doing, but I'm not sure that it's a, an emphasis on obedience um, in the way that it we feel, uh, you know, obedience to, I'm not sure. But there's also this distinction between uh, there are biblical principles and wisdom that are universal and that apply to everyone. But then there's also this pattern or uh, Jesus, every person he talked to, he talked differently to. And God deals with each of us very uniquely. And there's, you know, when God says to Ananias, go and talk to Saul, who's been blinded on the road. Uh, you know, you don't get that out of just studying scripture. That's a something that's an encounter with God. Okay, I feel like I'm starting to loop again, so let me just take a break here and, okay. and, yeah. and catch what catch what's happening. So, I was trying to make a point, and I feel like I triggered a reaction from you that um, didn't give me any clarity about how you feel about my point. Uh, but okay. I think you were, but made me feel like you were trying to articulate something that was important to you that you felt like I was not honoring or understanding. Yeah. So I think that you talked about the heavy emphasis on obedience. And I feel like that's, um, that uh, I see how you get there and I've been there. But I think what I'm experiencing is that that's a, not not a misdirect for you, but that that's a misdirect for the mission community, and that it's um, I'm trying and I'm not sure what word to use. Maybe encountering God. Um, encountering is a good word. Um, yeah. So, but the um, the the thing that confuses me. Uh huh. Okay. Is I'm trying to draw one distinction, and you seem to be drawing a different distinction. And that's fine, okay. but I want to make sure we're not just talking past each other. Because what I keep yeah, hearing so you me... say is, okay, sorry. You... No, I was going to say, you go ahead and, and I'll, let me try and understand you and then we can. Okay. So, so what I heard you say is that um, the historical, the, 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 so one shift that you are going through uh-huh. is from obeying sort of universal generalities to obeying uh, personal specifics. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, that is a point, and that's a yeah. useful thing, okay? Yeah. But that is still, when articulated that way, that is still in the context of obedience. Right, okay. Right? And so yeah. I acknowledge that you've gone through that shift. I acknowledge that there is value in going through that shift. Yeah. Okay, as you've described that, okay? But I yeah. am talking yeah. about something different. Uh, okay, let me try and right? understand what you're thinking about. Okay, and there is a difference. Um, so, uh, actually, I'll, I'll be a little stronger. I feel like obeying God is a subset of encountering God. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I think what's interesting is 
um, what is the thing that is the uh, um, remainder? Let's say what the mathematical terminology is. Like, what is the thing other than obeying God that is included in encountering God? And I, I feel like you and I don't necessarily have good language for talking about that. I actually have leading um, uh, uh, up to this thinking about encounter. Um, uh, I was thinking through another set of phrases that might help us, which okay. is uh, God starts by being generous to us. He gives us life. He gives us whatever it is we have. We have nothing that uh, we created. Um, and uh, out of that, he's looking for a response of gratitude, um, mm-hmm. which then leads, uh, he wants it to lead to allegiance and loyalty and devotion to him that's, that binds us in exclusive relationships, sometimes um, uh, described in the scripture as a parent-child, sometimes as a bride and a, a groom. And uh, he's very jealous for our exclusive devotion. So uh, in uh, the Ten Commandments, he started, remember that I brought you out of Egypt. That's something God did for them that they didn't deserve and they can be grateful for. And then he says, therefore, I have no other gods before me. And there's, and you, know, you see that pattern all through. So God is uh, wanting to draw us into a relationship where we're relying exclusively on him and living in intimacy with him. Uh, does that helpful kind of language? Right. And I think that actually that's, you, know, you, you finally got to, went to the word that I was looking for because there's this, so okay, Which one? So there's the, uh, the word intimacy. Uh, okay. Right. And, and this is the, it's funny, I actually had a blog post about this that somebody just liked, so I was rereading it. I called it the uh, adoption curve. And the idea right. is that, so uh, this is the, this is maybe a good way to draw the distinction. There is the possibility of interacting with God in a transactional manner. Right. Right. Where, you know, God tells us to do things we do it in order to win God's favor. Right. Or we go to do things, you know, for God because we expect God to give us something back. And that right. is a, genuine risk uh, in a lot of Christianity, right? Because that, you know, that's man-made religion is very transactional, right? Right. And so, and that can infect our understanding of Christianity. So, so one distinction... But if I can just throw in that phrase, trying to live up to everything we know, right? Is is one example of a transactional thing, right? But there's other forms too. Yep. Right? But but, but like, this this is the first point, is that that's all just so, so the words transactional versus relational, does that make sense to you, that distinction? Um, in an abstract sense, I have... Oh, okay. It you, have no, you don't have any emotional resonance with those terms. Um, but, yeah, I don't have any specific kind of examples that jump to mind or whatever. I, oh, I guess okay, I would... But, 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 okay, so, but like, do you want, okay, let me see if I can make it concrete. Right, so when you talk about uh, trying to live up to everything. I guess the question is, why are you trying to live up to everything? What was your motivation? 
for that? Um, maybe uh, firstborn, you know, desire to try and do all the right things. Uh, I think that's part of my personality. I've lived my whole life, as I see it, trying to do all the right things that I'm supposed to do and uh, excel and all that. Um, but but uh, just pursuing that can be kind of empty. Uh, right. So let's so, so yeah. let's let me. Okay. When you use the word empty, did that word have an emotional resonance for you? I think so. Um, uh, you know, the study with the the two sons in Luke 15. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point just really connecting emotionally with the older brother and re, you know being in tears and feeling like. You know this this capacity to live in my father's house without connecting with him uh, has been a part of my life, and uh, I think I'm in you know significantly beyond where I was five years ago or whatever, whenever it was. Right. Okay. So this so, so this is good. Let me let me try and work with the words you are using. So on the one uh, hand, you had the word emptiness, and on the other hand, you had the word connecting. Yeah. Okay. And you said you feel like you've made some, and I agree that you've made some progress on the connecting part over the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I also, you know, it's interesting because when I started into ministry 45 years ago, um, or 42, I guess, I, uh, I just spent a lot of time being with the Lord and not feeling like there was anything I needed to do. Um, walking, praying, singing, and rejoicing, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, experiencing a great deal of joy, much more than I sometimes often feel at this stage. Mm-hmm. And even with uh, this time when my family's away, so I can work on some things, I've been drawn to uh, just, um, you know, pursue that kind of time with God again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I feel fortunate to have something in the past where I've had a rich experience of joy and abiding and connecting mm-hmm. um, to compare with, as opposed to many mm-hmm. people maybe have done all their life without having that. Okay. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. And then we go through these cycles and phases, but let me, let me go back to something uh, that I thought I heard you say. And I think uh-huh. you're talking about the uh, the parable of the prodigal son and the older brother, right? Right. Right. And you're saying that the, the older son lived in the father's house, but it was empty. Yeah, he did all uh, the right things, but he didn't. Okay. So, he so felt okay. short change. Yeah. Short change, right? And so what yeah. was the thing that he was uh, missing? It wasn't obedience, was it? <laughs> was it? I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't missing obedience. He was missing something else. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. And so, do you have a word for what that thing is that he was missing? Um, uh, intimacy is not bad. I think connection. 
um, uh, appreciation, gratitude, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, those are words that come to mind. Okay. And why do you think he was missing connection? Um, well, maybe as the oldest son, he was focused on doing the right thing, um, but not appreciating, um, you know, father says there, you know, you're with me always, everything I have is yours. And, uh, he's not, um, appreciating the relationship that he has opportunity for. Because that's, but that's sort of a guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, let's actually try this, uh, a version of the thing that I was going to suggest anyway, is uh -huh. uh, you mentioned that you had this, it was a, several years, five years ago or something, you had this sort of realization that you felt empty like the older brother. Yeah. Right? And you may not feel all the time now, but do you think you can go back and put yourself in that mindset of what you were feeling then? Um, well, uh, a mindset and a feeling, I'm not sure. The okay, well, so well, 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 let, me, let me just try the, the, the exercise if, if you're, if you're yeah. up for it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so just so just close your eyes. Okay. And just try to remember um, um, when you had that realization that you felt like the older brother. Are you able to go back to that memory? Uh, I don't feel like I'm really connecting with it emotionally. I can connect. Mm. For the context and um but i uh, you know i i now i feel much more uh connected to god than i did then i think okay so so let's try from the other direction then okay. um can you visualize uh, they, they say it's usually helpful to visualize a place. Can you, can you, well, first, I guess, before you visualize, can you think of a place uh, at a time when you felt very deeply connected to God, like a very concrete point in space or time? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I once felt prompted to take a week uh, to pray and uh, hitchhike from um Pasadena up to my dad's place in Washington and I uh, had a just a really rich experience with God on the trip okay is there any particular visually rememberable landmarks that you can kind of picture in your mind yeah I was standing on an on-ramp in Medford where you can actually in Oregon you can stand on the freeway and uh was trying to will every car that passed by to stop and nobody was stopping and I 
had this thought, you know, there are crazy people out here. God, I want the person you want. I turned and started walking up the freeway and within 10 or 15 steps, somebody pulled over and said, I never stopped for hitchhikers, but I passed you and felt like God wanted me to come back and pick you up. <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, not what I would have expected, but let's go with it. So, uh, and, and part of this, uh, the exercise here is to sort of engage the right side of your brain, which holds sort of visual memory. So I guess just picture yourself back there on that freeway uh, in that space between where you had, uh, so you've been trying to like will things to happen the way you wanted to, and then you right. decided to release that and then just trust God to do something, the right yeah. thing at the right time. Okay. Yeah. So just picture yourself there. Yeah. Um, can you see that? Uh-huh. Can you feel kind of what you were feeling then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this theme of I don't have to make it happen. God, I can trust God and rest in him. And there's no, there's nothing better I can do. Is uh, That's been very much my conscious um what I'm pressing into these days. So yeah, that's I I but it's it it seems as I talk about it, it seems more intellectual than emotional. I'm not sure I I mean I there's a sense there's a sense of I'm exper- I've experienced in recent months of releasing and trusting and resting. That's part right, so of So sorry, you're you're stepping back into reflective. I want to see if I can keep you in that immersive moment. Yeah, okay. Right? So, you know, just sort of what you're feeling, like, as you're in that moment, not what you think about what you're feeling. Like, what are you actually, you know, just go back there and, like, you're, you're, you're walking down the freeway, you've been, uh, and you just release this. So just right. spend some more time just trying to articulate what it is you are feeling in that moment. Um, yeah, just um, uh, contentment and... Um, Freedom and trust. Um, I think the joy is more when I see, guy, you know, when the guy pulls over. Okay. But yeah. All right. So let's try. Let's try this. Um, so a car pulls up, but this time it's Jesus driving uh-huh. the car. Okay. Um, you know, describe the encounter to me. What that would look like uh, or feel like. Um, yeah, actually, another time comes to mind when I felt like it was an angel. Um, mm. Which is, uh, I don't know that I've ever felt like it was actually Jesus, but. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, I'm not sure it would actually feel any different than when this guy said, "I never stopped, but I felt like the Lord, you know, I passed mm. you, and felt like the Lord wanted me to come back and pick you up." Um, the you know we had good fellowship. Took me to dinner. We uh, it was just it was good. It was uh, um, relaxed, comfortable. Um, uh huh. 
So yeah, I'm not right. sure what so, more. Well, so let's let's let me um, role play this a bit more with you, if I may. Is sure. that like say Jesus shows up? If Jesus shows up, is it the same car as the guy was driving, or does it look different? Same vehicle. Uh, yeah, it seemed like the same vehicle. Okay. Can you describe the car? Was it a car, truck, or what was it? Uh, that was a station wagon. Actually, I had three successive events like that where a uh, person said, I don't normally pick up hitchhikers, but uh, felt like I'd want to pick me up. Okay. So, to up, so. And so this one was a, uh, okay, but this one was a station wagon? The first was a station wagon. The next was a, just a compact car, and the third was a a full diesel rig, you know, kind of. Right. If, um, I, if I'm suggesting that uh, Jesus is driving, which which one of those do you think he's driving? Uh, well, which one is easiest for you to picture Jesus in? Um, all, all three of them, but I think the station wagon, the, the first uh, connection was the deepest, I think. Yeah, okay, so let's go with the station wagon. Um, I have another story about a truck driver I need to tell you about some other time. Um, yeah. Uh, but the so um, um, so you know let's picture Jesus pull up in a station wagon and um, can you visualize him driving up in a station wagon and stopping on the side of the road? Sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you think he'll say? Does he say the same thing the other guy said, or what would he say when he sees you and opens and pulls up? Uh, I, my imagination goes to he already knows who I am, and so he addresses me as Arabi, and he's delighted to see me. And uh, uh-huh. so then we're going to have a good time. Um, All right. So you get in, and he starts driving. Uh, um, what do you think he does he ask you any questions? Does he say anything? Does he just sit there in silence? Um I, uh, like with the guy that I drove with, I imagine chatting about things that we're thinking about, um thinking around about the benefits of not having a TV and the part of the conversation. Uh, healthy food, and uh, then we went to dinner. And, um, so it, was, it wasn't that he, uh, either Jesus or this other person, had an agenda for trying to change me, but just to meet and connect. And um, you know, mm-hmm. we related about things that were of mutual interest. Okay. All right, um, maybe we'll stop the exercise here. Um, so I thought that was, so uh, So that was a, an interesting encounter with Jesus, right? And uh-huh. this other guy too, which, you know, yeah. probably know he was an angel, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, uh, and what is the word to describe, how would you characterize that encounter? What are some words you could use to describe how it had felt to be with Jesus like that? 
Well, the, the first thought that comes to mind is kind of is um, spontaneous or unplanned mm. that uh, um, he shows up uh, not because I'm. I mean, there was a there was a sense of trusting him that preceded that. So mm-hmm. um, there was uh, in part response to that, but also just you know he loves me and he's there. And uh, when I um, pause to uh, open myself, that um, he's ready and waiting to uh, connect. Okay. Uh, let me try a, a slightly different uh, approach. Let me, uh, I'm going to say a word and then you give me kind of like a one to 10, how well that word matches or resonates with what you experienced during that time with Jesus. Okay. Okay. I don't know if this work, but I'm going to try it. Um, um, present. Yeah, 10. Dwelling. Uh, put that high to 10, 9, whatever. All right. Yeah. Um, um, comfort. Yeah, that's high, 10. Okay. Um, vulnerability. Um, it's, uh, that feels unrelated, but uh, I, I don't feel vulnerable um, in a sense of it's being just unfaithful. a word, just a reaction. Like, was it yeah. a resonance point? So, like, if it's zero because it doesn't resonate at all, that's fine. Okay, okay. Um, I'm trying to find something, I'm trying to get something other than a 10, so this is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so zero for vulnerability? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if you said safety, I would put it at 10, but uh, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. yeah so there was no resonance, so it's a zero. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. Um, um, urgency? No, um, zero again. I don't, uh, okay. That's what we're going to see about it. Yeah. Um, intimate. Um, yeah, maybe I'd put it uh, at a seven. Okay. Um, obedience. Uh, yeah, zero. I don't, um, wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like part of the dynamic. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You don't have to justify it. I'm just trying to get some readings here. Um, allegiance. Hmm. Yeah. Again, zero. It it didn't, uh, didn't relate to this. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, sonship. Um, yeah, maybe seven. Okay. Um, okay, I think I'm running out of words here. I can stop. 
Okay, so that was interesting to me, right? Is that the um, uh, one thing that was interesting was that it seemed to be like it was zero, seven, or ten. <laughs> it was kind of the uh, that would be my failure in choosing words, but it, it was interesting. The second thing was that um, this experience. Um, didn't, you know, resonate at all with some of the words that you and I have been discussing previously, but resonated with different words. Right. And there's a, um, so in terms of the thing that I wanted to achieve, I feel like I've, we've made progress and that we've identified an emotional experience and we've come up with some words that at least, uh, distinguish the experience. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, right. And I guess the, the, the final thing to do is to come up with a word to capture the experience. Um, and like, so, so the, 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 cause I want to say like, Robbie, I want you to have more X, right? It means I want you to feel the thing that you were feeling at that point that was not obedience, that was not even allegiance. Uh-huh. but was, you know, uh, in the direction of intimacy and, and, and this other thing, you know, dwelling, presence, et cetera. What's a good word to use to label that distinction? Um, uh. Uh, maybe trust and rest. Okay. Um, so someone who's throw out some other random words. Let me just riff on a bunch of them, and then you can yeah. respond after I go. So shalom, connectedness, belonging, safety, um, hosted, um, welcomed, received, um, carried, um, owned. Known, named. Um, all right, I'll stop there. Any of those words resonate or provoke a better word? Um, well, welcome and known kind of stood out. Okay. Um, how about received? Yeah. Not sure. as much. No, that's that's also there. Okay. Um, the um, you know, it's funny. I, I've been doing some work with this uh, uh, group at Minerva, uh, with Minerva University about these hashtags, which I think I talked about for my uh, through the spirit thing. And one convention is that they actually formally, they, they talk about it as an institutional skills language. It's like the things that are important to them, they literally create hashtags for. Uh, okay. And so that they build a culture around them. And this is actually what they do as their professional services business, is they go into organizations and build these uh, hashtags so that, like, if these are the things that are important for the organization to succeed, having a really concrete, label 
to talk about them makes them, um, it, it's almost a, um, in religious language, it's, a, it's, it's worship. Like these are the things that are worth doing and worth celebrating and worth growing in. And um, uh, I want to like, uh, the last few minutes before I get back to work, uh, is to try and like come up with a hashtag um, that, that captures this thing so that we can refer back to it. Uh, um, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because I, I don't remember why we picked that incident. Um, what, what was you asked me that, you know? Oh, right. Because uh, you feel like I was <laughs> nagging you. Uh, well, so, okay. So there's something that I see missing in you or that I want you to have more of. Okay. And I want to be able to um, uh, talk about it, but in the past I was talking about either by uh, using negative language, like it's not this, it's not that, and then that would sometimes lead us into uh, loops, and then I would uh -huh. use words that I thought were important and they had no emotional resonance for you. Okay. Right? And so the goal is like, this is the sort of emotional... So that emotionally resonant moment is the thing that I want you to have more of. And I want to be able to talk about that in a constructive way rather than purely a negative way. So uh, you're wanting that for me. Uh, it feels like that's, uh, there's a dissonance with what I'm wanting for me. Um, okay. And, and that's the, fine. The, the phrase that comes to mind is shared experiences. Um, my friend Jim Downing, who passed away a few years ago at 104, uh, mm -hmm. talked about knowing God uh, as a growth through shared experiences. Uh, mm -hmm. He told of uh, the man he felt knew God best was a man who um, trusted and relied on God for his daily provision in a way that's mm -hmm. similar to what I was experiencing on that freeway. But mm -hmm. um, the uh, the experience uh, the experience cycle of um, putting the situation in God's hands and letting go of trying to make things be the way I want them and mm -hmm. seeing God do something uh, in response to that trust and faith and rest in Him um, is the the cycle that in my mind relates to um, more specific guidance than the general of scripture and leads to a joyful experience that unfolds as we hear, as we respond in what's called obedience, but it's more uh, a shared experience than an obedience. I don't know. Anyway, that's the thoughts that come as I'm, uh, I'm I, I feel like what you're drawing me toward is going backward um, instead of moving forward. That's the emotional feeling I'm having with it. Okay. So, um, so that, right. Okay. So, so let's, um, so the, right. So th I, I think the, the distinction that I am drawing uh -huh. was 
um, uh, slightly different than the one you were drawing. And okay. if we can tease that apart, that might be useful. Yeah. I think I want, at some level, I think I want the same thing you want, but how we conceptualize it might be different in significant ways. Yeah. And right. So what I heard you say was that you don't want to be going back to just getting stuck on some general principles. You want to be kind of in the moment experiencing God. Now, there's an additional element that this, uh, I didn't say, but just passed through my mind as I was talking about that. But mm -hmm. um, I want, I, I I believe God wants, and I want for it to shift from being just something I experienced personally, like on the freeway alone, to something mm -hmm. that, although it did impact the other person, I'm sure as well, but uh, to something that impacts others that I, I'm sharing the experience with God of seeing him work to bless and um, give joy and elevate and, and whatever other people. Um, uh, and I, I, I don't know how to tease that apart, but that's, that's what comes to no, mind. No, this is where I was going as well. It's like a precondition for that is that we need to, or a post-condition, a way that this gets, so you want to have these kinds of experience, there's a certain kind of experience you want to have more of with more people. Yeah. Right? And with, okay. my, with what, my household. Well, especially, right, especially your household, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. And so one of the things that would be useful is if you and I could agree on a label for that thing so that we could actually talk about it and say, oh, yeah. I'm not feeling it now. I am feeling it. I did feel it then. Uh, I feel like this thing that's happening is not that. And this is where words are useful, to have a label for that experience. Yeah, okay. okay that's what I'm trying to get to. And if we, if we can't come up with a better way, we just use hashtag station wagon, <laughs> uh, right? Is that, uh, like, maybe maybe we'll just end up with that for now. Is like, okay. this is the thing, like, because, like, this is the thing I want is that, Sometimes I have conversations where I feel like they're they not hashtag station wagon, right? Uh -huh. They are hashtag obedience or, uh, okay. you know, hashtag general principles, right? And so yeah. if we can just have at least this one label that has a, um, a, a emotional resonance, so like that feeling you have, you know, I don't know if I have a concrete instance I can point to, but I certainly know what that feeling is. Yeah. Right. That hashtag station wagon feeling. And um, that's the um, um, uh, this is the thing that I think helps us build a new culture. We talked about this a while ago. I think that's when I first started working on this thing, right? The idea of constructing culture. It is experiences with labels and then developing habits and practices for building upon that. Yeah. So, I mean, so let me to summarize, you know, the, this, this, um, that, you know, hashtag station wagon experience, is it safe to say that that, that, that state of being with God is something that you want more of for yourself than those you love? 
Um, well, and more than those I love, uh, uh, or well, uh, those I should. Love. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one could almost argue that maybe synonym that maybe a, def, a definition of loving someone is wanting this for them. Yeah. Well, you know, I think of my sisters and the conflict of this past year, but you know, I I'd love. Those you I do want. love or would love. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, okay. We'll put an asterisk there if you like, but I'll, I'll, I'll be generous and assume that you do, in fact, love them <laughs> to some level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, good. We have a, uh, yeah, um, and you know, this is, oddly enough, this is how language actually arises, is people just pick a label. I have this theory that a lot of the words we have were actually people's names. Uh -huh. And, you know, they're just like, oh, this person embodies that. And so uh -huh. we're just going to call it that, like, you know, uh, Jacob, you know, the guy who grasps the heel, right? right? I, I often wondered if they say, oh, that was a very Jacob thing to do. And that became uh -huh. a, uh, the reason for that name, right? Because words had to come from somewhere. And I, I was actually thinking about, funny enough, I was uh, reading about the origins of written language. Mm -hmm. And in terms of unbroken literary traditions, uh, the top two, are Greek, uh, you know, starting from the, you know, the, the golden age of Greece and Socrates' time with Plato and Aristotle and all that. Uh, the uh -huh. second is, is China, you know, where they've uh -huh. had the court records of emperor. The third one, bizarrely enough, uh, is Tamil, my mother tongue. Uh -huh. uh, that they have a literary tradition going back to the, to the AD. And I don't know if my parents ever read any of it, um, uh -huh. but, but but it, it's interesting, and I thought about this is like why, um, you know, did Jesus come when he did, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think one of the reasons was is that because of the Greek literary tradition, they just had more words because uh. they've been asking certain questions in philosophy and in literature and mythology that they kept inventing words to describe stuff that no one else was even asking questions about. Right. And like part of the thing that, um, and, and, and like a whole part, of, a big part of the exercise is the whole getting the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain to work together. Hmm. Right, in, in that this is, like you had this emotional experience and like I want to be able to refer to that experience so you and I can talk about it. So we had to bring it over to the left side so we can put a label on it. And now that gives us a starting point for future conversations. And it also is, I, I called this Christ thing when I was doing philosophy. It's like, okay, now that I have a word for this, it reduces my anxiety, right? Because otherwise I'm always afraid, like every time I say a word, it just bounces off your head because it has no emotional connection. Right. And so now at least it has a place to land. So anyway, this was helpful for me in that I feel like I understand you better and I feel like I have some tools to connect. I don't know how you felt about it. Um, uh, yeah, well, it was interesting. I didn't, uh, I'm, uh, I'll have to see what I got out of it. It's, um, um, I, I think it's it clarified a little bit for me, the sense of what I am looking for the Lord to start doing. Being quiet before you called, I uh, had this idea of 
serving a, a club for those interested in hearing God and learning to practice hearing God together, um, listening, and uh, starting to enter into this kind of experience, bringing, like, you know, recovery groups deal with people's problems. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a kind of emphasis of just um learning from each other's testimonies and experiences and practicing together um and what god does and uh, speaks to us and shows us so anyway sounds like you're home yep all right um all right thank you do you want to pray or should i pray oh yeah go ahead and pray like add something all right God, I just thank you for this chance to spend this time with Robbie and appreciate his patience and uh, openness to uh, trying these different practices and walking through uh, my confusion and uh, perhaps his. Lord, I just want to declare that I believe that you want to bring your kingdom on earth and Mm -hmm. that that requires not just information and not just experiences, it requires a new culture that is um, fully sold out for the kingdom of God and doesn't um, compromise with the existing conventions of this world, whether religious or secular. And Lord, I thank you that, uh, that what we are doing is a small piece of that. I want to confess that you probably have other things that you are doing in the world that are uh, also equally vital and important, but I believe this is our thing to do. And I pray that as Robbie and I go about our work and our ministries and our family lives, that you continue showing in us what it is uh, that is the next step to take to become more effective at experiencing, building, and sharing your kingdom. I ask this mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Father Jesus, you taught us to pray our father that his kingdom would come and his will would be done his name hallowed and we uh we long for that uh to be experienced in our own lives and in the lives of our households and those we love and uh multiplying through other households and even to the ends of the earth so uh, guide us um, together and independently and uh, just experiencing more of this and seeing more of this and participating uh, more fully in uh, intimacy with you and relationship with you and uh, trust and rest in you. For the sake of your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless All right. you. Uh, you too. I'm sure we Thanks. will talk again soon. Bye. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good day.